So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Trey Lance on the block. Third string, passed by Sam Darnold on the depth chart, which means it goes Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. Ugh. And there are, those trade conversations are popping back up. What can you get for What can you get for Trey Lance? To me... And we see this in the NBA more than we see it in the NFL. Uh, you can get a problem for a problem. Right? Yeah. In the NBA, if you have like a, a you know, say a ball dominant guard, but he's trying to play with Luca, you'd be like, all right, he's a problem for us. We got to find someone else who's having a problem and, and trade our problems and see if they, they fit better. So Trey Lance, is, if they trade him, I don't think you're getting a high pick. I don't think you're getting a player who's like a young star. But you might get somebody for another team that is not living up to expectations, right? Maybe a highly drafted offensive line that's a swing tackle now, right? Maybe a uh, a corner who's been bumped into being a, a nickel rather than the the corner that was highly drafted, like mm -hmm. a C.J. Henderson type, right? Like like yeah. a, a former high pick that's not working out. Well, you can take our former high pick that's not working out, and we'll see if we can make it work out individually, or not individually, opposite of each other. But it does go to show, because actually um, a similar addition, Isaiah Simmons, former uh, former Clemson, what do we call him? Uh, football player. Football player. He was a linebacker, safety, edge rusher. Nickel corner. <laughs> corner. Yeah. Cover man. Uh, he was traded to the Giants. He was, what, the 11th pick, something like that, 12th pick overall? Something in, pretty high. In the 2020 draft. He was traded to the Giants for a seventh round pick. You know what? I, I, I The Trey Lance pick, the Isaiah Simmons pick, a few others. COVID really impacted how these, these players could be evaluated. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons, the 2020 draft, they couldn't do anything in, in, in person, right? There was no combine. There, there, was, there was no uh, in-person meetings. It was all Zoom. And turns out they, I don't know, weren't able to, to properly identify much of those first-rounders and who's going to be good and who's not, which is why, again, if you look at that that year, guys like Jonathan Taylor, guys like Jalen Hurts, who seemed to be pretty obvious, hey, they should have been first-rounders, uh, fell to the second, and some even beyond. I think it's because they, they, they had a hard time evaluating from afar. And then Trey Lance, like, oh, how did the Niners fall for it? How did the Niners fall for Trey Lance? Well, guess what? Trey Lance didn't have a final year of college football. He played one game against Central Arkansas. He did not play well, but everybody wrote it off as like, oh, well, they only had one game. They're right. They, they're going to have a full training camp, get ready for one game. It's not going to be ready for one game. Do you think maybe they would have seen some of the things that have been holding him back in the NFL if he played another full season of college football with a much brighter, much brighter spotlight on him? Maybe, right? Because Trey Lance, I don't know if everybody remembers this. Uh, what was Josh Allen was drafted in 2017, right? Correct. At the end of the 2016 draft, 
This is how you know I'm a football nerd. Uh, the very, very last thing said on the third day of the the uh, 2016 draft, I think it was Gruden. It may have been a conversation between Gruden and Kuyper. Was pay attention to Josh Allen out of Wyoming. He's going to be the number one overall pick next year. That was the last thing said at 2016's draft. Like, all right, we're signing off. Pay attention to Josh Allen of Wyoming. Uh, then... That next year, the guy was wildly scrutinized, right? Everybody picked and prodded, and everything he did at Wyoming was was dissected. And because of that, he ended up being uh, the seventh pick rather than the first. Well, guess what? Trey Lance had that same kind of buzz at the 20-whatever-it-was, 19 draft. But the, he didn't have that season to be picked and prodded and dissected because it just didn't exist because of COVID. Niners didn't get to see whatever flaws they found, so uh, they drafted him third overall, and now they look like dummies. COVID impacted things. Everything, kind of. It's amazing how North Dakota State had two quarterbacks get drafted in the top five. Yep. Actually, top three. Carson Wentz went number two. Yep. And uh, one of them's the third-string quarterback behind another failed third overall pick and the 262nd pick of the draft uh, in Trey Lance. And Carson Wentz not even on the team. And actually, do you know which North Dakota State quarterback is the highest on a depth chart right now? Who is that? Easton Stick. He is second string behind Justin Herbert. That's right. He's the not, guy that was between Trey Lance I, and I'm not even Carson sure Lance. he was drafted. If he was, he was a mid-late round pick. And uh, he's, he's in a lot of social media videos with Justin Herbert. I think they're just, they're just bros. They're just hanging out out there in L.A. and, and you know. Slinging the old pig skin around practice and then fifth watching. round pick. Fifth round pick. There you go. Second round pick out of North Dakota State. Or second overall pick out of North Dakota State. Out of the league. Third overall pick out of North Dakota State. About to be shipped out of town. Fifth round pick out of North Dakota State. Backing up one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And it seems like his team really values him. Easton Stick. Let's get to <laughs> QBU North Dakota State. Uh, QB State. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Coach Pete and the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Uh, let's get to four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Don't hate the messenger. Shohei Torres UCL. Shohei is really cool to watch play baseball mm-hmm. when he's healthy. Uh, it, here's the thing. He's due to get a gigantic contract this offseason. I'm fascinated to see if this impacts it. If it takes it from $600 million to $450. Uh, if, it, if it makes teams get out of the running. Here's the irony. This injury shows how valuable he is as a two-way player. Because yeah. most big money pitchers, if you tear your UCL, guess what? You're gone for like two years. You just You're not helping the team for a year and a half, two years. He, on the other hand, tears his UCL and he's like, fine, I'll just go back to being the guy that's leading the league in home runs. Like, he has other things he can do, which shows how special he is. But also, this injury 
Would you want him to keep doing both much longer? And how much does it take away from his overall value if you're like, ah, I don't want I don't want you doing both? I mean, he's looking at a potential second Tommy John. And that's a long recovery. Yeah. Could if he goes through the Tommy John and he and he does all of that and he comes back, are we talking reliever? I mean, how difficult is that to be the DH and then also preparing to to get out there and pitch for, you know, a two, three inning setup, right? If he's a long reliever. Yeah. It's the the benefit is he's like nothing we've ever seen before. That's the cool part. That's why he's so darn fun. That's why I tell people appreciate greatness. There's a good chance your grandkids, they're going to want to hear a story about Shohei. I don't think they're going to want to hear a story about some of the other greats from this era because they're just kind of more traditional greats. Like, right, the, what are you going to tell? Justin Verlander struck out another guy. Or are you going to say, Shohei was doing things that we hadn't seen in 140 years. Like, one of them is, is more impressive. He get eight strikeouts and hit two home runs in the same game. So... The, the cool part is we've never seen anything like Shohei. The hard part is you have no idea how to deal with him when he gets in one of these situations because he's unlike anything we've ever seen before. You can't say, oh, well, when you know this guy got a Tommy John, here's what happened. When Verlander got Tommy John at age 37, here's what, what happened. You can't do that because Verlander wasn't trying to be a league-leading home run hitter in the meantime. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Number three. One, two, three. Happy Kobe Day. Yes. August 24th, 8-24. Few things on the, uh, the, the, the Kobe Day front. Uh, one, best player ever drafted by the Hornets. <laughs> factual statement. Best player ever traded away by the Hornets. Also a factual statement. One of the better basketball jerseys to see at a day party is Bryant on the old uh, teal pinstriped Hornets. It's a good one. The Charlotte Hornets! It's a good one. Also, uh, Kobe's birthday yesterday. How much, uh, how how close was it? If he, if he was born on 824, it would have been perfect. He was born on 823. Oh, yeah. It was so close. And he couldn't, like when he picked his New Jersey number, he couldn't go to 23 because then it's... 23 is real estate that is owned by by someone else, uh, Jordan. So he went 24, and it's a whole. But one day would have been really cool. Uh, secondly, speaking of 824, 2824, February 8th, 2024, which is again eights and twos and fours, kind of all over that that deal. They're going to reveal a uh, a statue of Kobe. Yeah. And they're saying Gigi, his daughter, who was who was obviously in the, the helicopter with him on that tragic day, uh, will be incorporated somehow. The the one of the right, it's it's the Kobe situation. Obviously, is tragic, and and there's no other way to deal with it. Right, the gone way too soon. All of the other lives that were lost in in that that helicopter. There's no other way to describe it but tragic and sad and and, and all those things. But it has spurred, like, it used to just be MJ and Tiger. It used to just be Jordan and Tiger stories that everybody was kind of all in on, right? If you if you ever played, uh, you know, poker with Jordan, those stories would go viral as heck, right? If you ever played, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a back nine with Tiger, it, it, everyone wanted those stories. The Kobe stories have been coming out with aggression, right? And, and I don't know if they would have become... You know, I don't know if we, we would have heard them all if, if 
it, didn't, it hadn't happened. And it's not really a silver lining because you can't you can't put a silver lining on such tragic news. But you, you do start to see a little bit more into the, the brain and what made Kobe tick. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know why this one's popping into my brain. But I saw a clip on social media where, where Kimmel said he recommended a book to Kobe. It was just like, hey, you know, I read this book. I really liked it. Uh, you should you should try reading it. And then a couple days later at like 3 o'clock in the morning, Kobe called Kimmel with like he wanted to dissect and question and with this in the book, why was this here? What did they mean when they said this? And, and Kimmel was like, I didn't have any of these answers. I just read the book. And, and Kobe actually kind of made me put him in contact with the author of the book. Uh, so he could get answers to all these questions. And you recognize that type of obsession, that type of passion, that type of desire to, to be on the inside and understand everything. That's part of how you become one of the best basketball players of a generation. So happy Kobe Day. His birthday was yesterday. We are a couple months away from tro- uh, Statue Day. Oh, yeah. A lot going on. It's fun to watch. Also, uh, I just put up two because we're about to go to two in the starting five. Put up a little peace sign. Peace to the uh, the Hornets from Kobe on draft day. Uh, number two. Just the two of us. One week. Today is Thursday. Let's go. The next Thursday, we will have college football for NC State and Wake Forest. Saving all my energy until then. No, don't because it's week zero. There's there's football to watch this weekend. It's the that, it's the cold open. It's fine. That, there's one game worth watching. It's it's an appetizer, but yeah. I mean you don't want to fill up on appetizers, but you want to enjoy yeah. them. You don't want to ruin your dinner, but you want to taste them, right? Mm-hmm. I say that every time, and then I ruin my dinner every time. Oh yeah, I if, eat the entire. If ever at like a wedding and they're doing the walk arounds, I'll if, take them. If they pass, of course, yeah, I'll have one. Well, okay, I'll have one. Give me one of these. Just leave the tray. <laughs> Just you, you know the route, right? Come here, out of the kitchen, pass this way. Um, one week from today, we have we have State at UConn, we have Elon at Wake Forest. Two two interesting kind of table setters for these two squads. State is going to have high expectations, right? They had the number one defense in the ACC last year. Uh, they brought in a transfer quarterback in Brennan Armstrong, who many expect to uh, kind of light it up once paired back with his his old friend Robert and I, the offensive coordinator. Uh, and and you know, they they kind of have high expectations most years under Dave Dorn. Wake Forest, on the other hand, Sam Hartman, they lose in the transfer portal, but I think that kind of overshadows what they're building in Wake Forest. Dave Clawson, first of all, Dennis, I don't know if you, you've seen. Have you seen Wake Forest's, uh, what I think it's called the McCreary Center, their their new mm-hmm. facilities? Oh, yeah. Looks nice. They, I mean, they don't look cheap. They look expensive, right? They, they don't look like they were shopping in the uh, the bargain the bargain section of their, their architect's uh, blueprints. They, they went to the top shelf. So, Wake is making an investment. Also... They've got buy-in, right? Losing Sam Hartman, I feel like, overshadows what's actually happening with Wake, which is the portal is affecting everybody. Wake is retaining a very, very high percentage of their players. They're not being ravaged by the portal the way most teams are. They're near the top in the entire college football world as far as fewest departures in the portal. So Sam Hartman obviously is a 
he's a big one, right? And so so that's going to change the narrative a bit. But the guys that are playing, the guys that aren't playing, the guys that are have been hurt, the guys that want more playing time, they're they're all kind of signing up to stay around, which tells me they're making a culture or building a culture or have a culture that players see value in even if they're not on the field, which is not easy. It's actually difficult to build that. Um, guys like Mitch Griffiths, right? Mitch Griffiths, he's been sitting behind Hartman for a while, and he's publicly said, like, I'm never leaving Wake Forest. I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to graduate. He said gonna, it to you. Yeah, he said it to me at ACC kickoff. I asked him. Had to, had to see, right? It's so so it's it's Wake is kind of they're they're on the up and up. There's actually a bunch of teams on the up and up, kind of on the come up. But but I I think if you start with culture, that's a good place to start when you're you're trying to level up your program. And it seems like they've done that. Uh, NC State, the UConn game up there in stores, kind of an interesting opener, right? You have Notre Dame the next week at home. You're starting on the road at UConn. I don't know what the business relationship is there, but like. Uh, seems like when you're making these schedules, like you know, ten years in advance, you wouldn't be super jacked to go to UConn. But don't let that confuse you. Don't let that distract you. You go up there, you take care of business. Business trip, come back down from Connecticut with a win. Going to Notre Dame with a little bit of a uh, little bit of momentum. That's what you need to do a week from today. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com number one the one ACC Stanford and Cal and SMU linking up still not dead might even be moving more and more towards being uh, kind of a done deal ish ish I, I throw ish on the end to protect myself a little yeah. bit there right just uh, it's not a definite, right? But it's it seems like there's momentum moving in the direction of them getting it done. I'm with you. The more that I think about it, the more I feel like it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It's it's a uh, hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's. We'll use the football analogy, right? It's they're in the red zone. Are they inside the ten? Probably. I don't think they're on the three yard line. Right, I don't think they're they're going for the old extra point, uh, but I think they're on the the seven yard line trying to punch it in mm-hmm. Se- second and seven on the seven something like that. If you're discussing revenue splits and things along those lines and extra money and how much they're going to get and all that kind of stuff, you don't have that conversation unless you said, okay, we want them now. Let's figure it out if we can if we can make it happen because you got to want it to happen first. Not like 
I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm kind of on the fence. And then, okay, we'll kind of figure things out. Like, no, you got to actually want these schools in your conference. Otherwise, what what's the point of having any of these conversations? Here's my concern. I I, I think they're close. And the reason why I say they're not like on the the you know the one yard line, try you know almost foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. is because I think a lot of people would vote yes when they think they're going to get a big chunk of the cash. Right, like, like we know now, based on many estimates out there, that if Stanford, Cal, and SMU all join the ACC over the next few years, at least five years, roughly, at least, uh, the ACC will have fifty-five million extra dollars. Right, based on the fact that SMU will not be taking a media share for the first seven years, and based on the fact that Stanford and Cal would be taking reduction, meaning they won't be taking a full share. The ACC will have that money, $55 million roughly, to divide up however they see fit. It could be performance-based. It could be chopped up evenly. It could be based on, on t- TV. It could be based on a whole bunch of different things. Um, and we talked earlier about how we would kind of divide up the, the that cash. But I think a lot of teams will be like, yeah, I want them, it, when they expect to get a, a decent chunk of the 55, right? But then also there might be that moment where you start, wait a second, you said we're going to give this based on uh, attendance? Okay, well, we don't we don't draw that much. So maybe, you know, I'm voting, never mind. I'm taking my yes back. I'm voting no. Or, hey, you know, yeah, I think it's good. Now, how? what are we, we're all just going to get an equal share of the 55? And then Clemson, Florida State, and a bunch of other teams go, no, 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 no. We're not all getting, we're not just chopping up 55 million 14 ways and calling it a day. We're chopping up $55 million based on on-field performance. And then some schools are like, oh, never mind then. No, we don't want them then. Right? We're, we're finishing 12th every year now. Bring them in. Who knows? We might finish 15th. We, don't even, we can't even do that now. We don't even have 15 schools now. So when the, when the money divisions start to become public, I'm, I'm leery of somebody bailing. I'm leery of somebody going, well, we liked it when we thought we were going to get the money. We're not just going to vote them in so you can get more money. That's not how this works at all. So, so you know, I mean, as with any relationship, you start bringing money into the equation, it gets more complicated. I like that they're at that place where they can have those conversations, right? I like that they're at the the place where, you know, they're they're talking. I mean, these are big dollar amounts, fifty five million. I'm I'm seeing that downplayed a lot. Like, oh, fifty five. Even if you give the X Y Z to this team, it still won't be what the the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, I get it, but it's still fifty five million dollars. Like, let's not lose sight of the fact that it is more than half of a hundred mil. Mm-hmm. Let's not lose sight of the fact that you can have Sebastian Aho on the Canes for seventy eight million over eight years. Right, you got fifty-five million per year coming your way. Like, let's not lose lose track of what fifty-five million dollars can do, and also don't lose sight of the fact that you still make more than the Big Twelve. You still make more sure. than obviously. Well, Pac twelve doesn't even exist. Like, but <laughs> well, like, they, they kind of not not once you take Stanford and Cal. Yeah, but here's the thing: you're still the third most earning conference in the entire country. You and, know? and that's not guaranteed forever. So you have to do things like this to boost the, exactly. the, the money. Yeah. So that's I, something you have to keep in mind when 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 you're making these deals. Is that and Jim Phillips did point it out. He says, "Yeah, like there there's a gap between us and and the the Big Two in terms of earnings right now with Big Ten and SEC, but we're still third. Like 
let's not act like we're making nothing here and we're trying to at least get something so we can feed ourselves. No, you make a lot more than a vast majority of schools yes. in this country. Like and a vast majority more than a lot of athletic departments. That's one of those things where it's like be appreciative but don't settle, right? Understand, exactly. be grateful that you're in the position you're in, but that doesn't mean you don't try to improve your mm-hmm. position. Uh, I think it's, again, gut feeling. If we're just being pure gut feeling, I think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be very interested to see what the details are to make it happen, but gut feeling it's going to happen. Also, uh, today is yes. the, the two-year anniversary. Today, August 24th, 2023, is the two-year anniversary of the forming of the alliance yeah. between the Pac-12 the ACC, and the Big Ten. The Big Ten at the time on Twitter said this. Two years ago today. Today, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 announced an historic alliance that will bring 41 world-class institutions together on a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics. (laughs) That was from the Big Ten. Before they proceeded to uh, stab the rest of their alliance in the back and pretty much eliminate the Pac-12 from existence. Yeah. It's funny because the next summer it was announced, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. USC and UCLA. And then Washington and Oregon not far after that. The alliance. It's like we're getting married. You got married. Then now we're splitting. The the. the Someone and, walked and out you know on what? the other. I guarantee you, or at least I hope, the Big Ten, as they were entering into this alliance, knew in their brain mm-hmm. that they had no choice but to pretend this alliance meant something. But th- like, like if you're having those backdoor conversations with UC- USC and UCLA, you have to protect that secrecy, right? You have to uh, keep that to just yourselves. So then when everybody approaches you about this alliance, you you drag your feet, you try to stall, but what do you, what else are you going to do? At a certain point, it's like, all right, I guess we're just going to announce this thing, even though I know behind closed doors I am not about this thing at all. Right? It's it's when you're you're like four interviews deep into a new job, right? You're applying for a new job, and then your boss is coming up and wants to plan next year's budget, and you're like, I guess I'm going to plan next year's budget, even though I'm pretty confident I'm not going to be here to try to execute it. Like, like it's. I hope that's what the Big Ten was feeling, and they weren't like, you know, I don't, diabolically laughing like Doctor Evil behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea. I'm about to take all their best assets. Yeah, we're in an alliance. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate.